Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Energy Fitness Podcast. I hope you enjoy the episode that's about to hit your ears. I hope you get something important from it. hope you learn something from myself and from my co-host and from our guest today. I just want to remind you guys real quick before you dive into this episode that the Energy Fitness Podcast is sponsored by the book sales of Rewilding the Modern Man and Awakening the Tranquil Warrior, which you can find anywhere that you buy books. The Energy Fitness Podcast is also sponsored by Energy Fitness Studio in Washington, Pennsylvania, where we offer yoga, bar, kettlebell, and other fitness classes, as well as nutrition coaching and personal training. We are also sponsored by the Old Road Farm, a regenerative local to us farm in Washington, Pennsylvania. And again, I'm your host, Trenton Sweet, and I'm a personal trainer, I'm a fitness trainer, gym owner, author podcaster and I welcome you back to the show and I really hope that you get something important from this episode just like I did so enjoy it records so that is very AI <laughs> awesome well today we have Mrs. Sarah Eichler on the show and just like a lot of spiritual healers that we meet we met her through Kelly Brown uh and also to her sister Hannah. Hannah yeah and uh ironically bumped into her for the first time in Kelly Brown's space in her light over in Mount Lebanon and uh one of the first experiences that I had with Sarah was a hape ceremony Sarah is a shaman she's also a ex-professional basketball player college athlete and coach and she has turned her life largely and now she's a sound healer breathwork facilitator also a shaman, and we're going to talk about all of those things today. So welcome, Sharon. Yeah. Sarah, thank you for joining us. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to see what comes through. It'll be fun. It will be fun. Yeah. So we'll talk about the athlete perspective. Yeah. First. Like, yeah, coming from that angle of it. As a, like a professional basketball player in Denmark, right? Yeah. Yeah, that it seems like such a huge shift. I understand the shift because I played minor league football, but like, can you explain what that journey was like for you going from this professional basketball player to now the shaman? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I mean, I was just talking to someone about basketball yesterday, and that was the first time I've even talked about basketball, like an extensive, like, stretches um pretty much since I left I mean I've I've um been to some games and stuff like that from the the team that I had coached previously but um it's weird it's weird to think about because my life is just so different and I told you I believe it was or maybe it was the person I was talking to I'm like I have a hyper fixation issue <laughs> so I'm like I was so in the basketball world and as soon as I was done I waited so long to walk away from that life that when I did, every part of my body and soul was like, it's time, it's time to move on. And it, and I did, and it was just like, and I never looked back. And so it's been interesting how some of that stuff has been coming back up now. Um, just thinking about the move to Pennsylvania and who I am and, and what I want to do and trying to make sure I have that defined and figured out. So, you know, people know who I am and all that good stuff. Um, and I'm like, Oh, you know, it'll be fine. Like 
I'll, if I can't do all these events and make the money that I need to, like starting my own business, I'm just going to work at a coffee shop or like I paint houses, you know, like I can do these things and do side jobs to make money. And then I was like, wait, I'm like also really good at basketball. So like, why is that never something that like comes into my mind of like, I could do one-on-one skills workouts or do this and do that. And so I'm like, I literally, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm like a jack of all trades. And (laughs) it's so funny because so many people look at that and they go, that's a bad thing, right? Like you can't, jack jack of all trades, master of none, right? And I'm like, no. (laughs) When I go in, I go in and I hyper fixate on it, which good, bad, indifferent, like I do become an expert in that thing that I'm really passionate about. So basketball was that thing at a high level um, for 13 years of my life, which is almost half. <laughs> so I'm like, why do I keep forgetting like this massive thing? Um, that is really, like it was, was life. crazy. Like it literally feels like it was lifetimes ago and it was yeah. only just over a year from when I transitioned. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. That is really crazy. I think it's really cool hearing, um, your story with basketball. I like always like hearing, people's previous stories to before they got into it and you're like oh that's so cool like um hearing yeah what they did beforehand I also thought like your sister Hannah when she mentioned that too and I was like oh that is so neat and then Trenton can so relate because you know like being an ex-athlete as well like um so I'm always like fascinated by that like the previous story of all of that it is funny because people are always like oh, you don't, like, are you following basketball? Like, for me, they're like, oh, you're not following the NFL. And I'm like, I, you know, it's not that because I played, I feel better than right. that. It's just that that's not who I am anymore. And it's, right. it doesn't entertain me the way that it used to. At one point, it was incredibly entertaining. Yeah. But now, just, I can find something better to do with three hours. Of my life. Like, um, I was, I like I was in sports when I was younger, but like my sister was the really athletic one and I was the one that was really artsy and into fashion and things. So I went like a complete fashion route before my awakening um, and really went hard into fashion and hair and beauty. Um, but I mean, it makes so much sense because when you think of an athlete, you're moving your body, you're you're expressing yourself, you're clearing things out with just movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and moving your fascia, you're moving your blood, you're moving your oxygen, and you're getting those endorphins, you're feeding that, you know, yeah. um, hormonal system, which aligns so much with like being a shaman and an energy healer, like that, that makes sense. That makes yeah. a lot yeah. of sense. It really does. Mm-hmm. What, what was the transition like? Like, was it a, like a quick, like basketball, professional basketball player one day, shaman the next, like what? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would say no. Um, there's been a lot that has come in between that, but it did go really fast. Um, essentially I quit coaching the day after my birthday when I turned in 20, I know we were talking about this in Kelly's shop and we Mm -hmm. said it was 2021. It was definitely 2022. (laughs) I'm giving myself extra years. (laughs) We cover, we cover lifetimes and years around here. Um, And so, yeah, it's just been over a year and I took about a month to like grieve. I felt little to zero things. Um, And I don't joke about it 
because it's not funny, but I do, I have come to the realization that my life as an athlete is what, what taught me to dissociate how to, (laughs) you know, like, um, training that hard. And even overseas, I had a micro tear in my hamstring for my season over there, um, that I played on for four months. And that was what ended up retiring me because I just, it was what I did. Like I just turned it off and it was time for the game and it was time for practice and it was do all these things. And then I could just lay in my bed the rest of the days or not be able to walk. And it didn't matter because I was like, I'm here to be an athlete and that's what I'm doing and completely dissociating from my body. So Mm. for me now in hindsight, looking back, anticipating that giving myself a month after coaching, when I was so numbed out and so dissociated to feel all the things and to grieve this life that I was losing, I, I didn't feel anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so a lot of that has reared up now that my nervous system has become regulated enough that I can like process through. And that's, what's been really interesting is um, I feel like everybody has a a protection mechanism within them. And we talk about like the medicine work and, and experiences that I've had and um, experiences that I've seen other people have. And truly your body and your mind will only let you go as far as it's ready for you to go as far as your nervous system is is regulated enough to go and that's what's so interesting about using you know different substances to explore who you are is if it's coming up it you're ready for it you know um especially if you're sitting in a ceremony with somebody who's trained and knows what they're doing and they dose you properly and all that jazz like it's only going to come up if you're ready for it only going to come if your body is ready for it your mind is ready for it and you're able to handle it and that has gotten me through so many of my own experiences of just like sitting in ceremonies and going to Peru and traveling and then being where I'm at and being like okay this is awful you know like that was really hard and I know that I'm ready for it you know it gives me that little bit of confidence to know that it wouldn't have come to light if it wasn't Yes, absolutely true. We we had a long conversation with our mutual friend, uh, Jonathan Brown or Quest um, on the podcast, too. And he was saying the same thing, like sometimes you're not you're not mentally capable yet of putting yourself in a healing situation, but you are soulfully ready for it in a a plant or, you know, some sort of ceremony, even breath work like what you do um, for the most part. Like you can put yourself there like I I don't want to use the word forcefully, but you know, a plant or something else can help guide you on the path to where you need to be to heal. And I I think that a lot of people could really benefit from things like that. Like we did the hape ceremony a couple weeks ago now, which is just tobacco. And we can talk about that for a minute too, um, if you want to, but like, and we had talked about this, this before, and maybe you can elaborate more since you're the shaman, but people get like, (laughs) like you say substance and you say healing with plant medicine and people get all bent out of shape and they, they get the weird iggy biggies from it. So, <laughs> but they'll vape all the time and like smoke weed all the time. But there's and like drink alcohol and yeah. drink alcohol. And you're like, oh, yeah. I'm doing a hot day ceremony. And they're like, oh, what's hot day? And you're like, it's tobacco. And they're like, oh, and I'm like, you vape weed. Like, what, what yeah. are we doing here? Like, oh man, she's going to send me down a whole rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, I think that there's been a lot of energy around the good, the pluses and minuses of social media, right? And yeah. and just Western society in general, like we want the quick fix. So we're going to fly down to Peru and sit with ayahuasca. And like, that's very American of us to want the big, really shiny thing. Meanwhile, like I said, your body and mind is only going to let you go as far as you're able to go. Like, like going and doing that the first time out the gate, I, more power to you. Hey, maybe you're ready and maybe that's what's calling you, but people stumble into these spaces and um, they want the quick fix. They want to go and they want to fix themselves immediately when meanwhile, it's just as powerful to have a 30-day practice with Hape or microdose for three months and see what happens, see what subtly shifts. And it's just like, I'm sure what you guys deal with, with some of the holistic health stuff you do. If I'm mm -hmm. eliminating something from my diet, I'm not gonna be able to tell a difference maybe in the first month, two months, three months. Sometimes like when I was balancing my hormones, that was a, one of the first things I did when I was started to get onto this path, working with plants and other things and breath work and sound healing. I was like, my body is a vessel for energy moving for mm -hmm. all of these things. And it is out of whack. It is, you know, I was eating dairy, which I'm allergic to and gluten and all of these things. And it's was not a quick fix. And I'm still cycling through that was a year ago. Now last July, I did that it was a four month program. And then it was like, not until six months that I noticed something had changed and not until nine months that I noticed like, oh, I'm actually carrying a lot less inflammation now. Mm. And so it, it's just such it's such a delicate, it can be so delicate and so gentle and so beautiful to work with these things. Something as simple as cacao, which we talked a little bit about before we even hopped on here, like mm -hmm. these are all plant medicines. I mean, people do dietas, which is, you know, how you work with a plant and get to know it with lavender and pine and like all of these things, like everyone thinks that a plant medicine immediately, they think mushrooms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing they think. And yeah. marijuana is very much a plant medicine yeah. as well. <laughs> and she gives you what you expect of her. And we are to expect that it's going to numb us and help us sleep and this and that. And from what I've heard, I have not done a dieta with marijuana because of the experiences that I've had personally with it. But I've heard that the, that plant, actually, that is not the personality of that plant at all. That huh. makes a lot of sense. If like I've never heard that before, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I spent a lot of time with marijuana, <laughs> not as a ceremonial substance, but when I was okay. younger, yeah, and I never, I never felt good with it. Like it never, I did it because it was the party scene that I was in, but I never actually yeah. liked it. It never really felt good to me. It and always it, made me really anxious. I get yeah. a lot of anxiety from it. But I had anxiety doing it, so it makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah. And there's there's a lot of negative effects that were. It's funny because like not to to rabbit hole too much, but like yeah, you know they they made marijuana practically legal now, and I yeah. think to be a little conspiracy here, recent couple decades, a lot of information has come out that marijuana is actually very bad for you. Um, especially long-term use, like here and there, fine, yeah. CBD, fine. Yeah. But like the whole thing mixed together, especially in young children, which happens to be the people who are doing it between like right. 16 and 25, when your brain is really developing, um, can really put a hindrance on cognitive function and 
you know, just drive um, to to reach emotional states that are beyond the curve. Um, yeah. So yeah, just a small rabbit hole there. But like that that stuff came out, and then all of a sudden, it's okay for everyone to use. Where when they thought it was actually good for you in long term use, they wouldn't let us. You know. <laughs> It was illegal and you were going to jail for 20 years for having <laughs> marijuana yes. on you and you're like, what do you, or, or, yeah, I'm not going to go yeah. down there, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll stay out of that one. But yeah. yeah, it's just really interesting. I was listening to a, an audiobook recently by this woman who I, um, who I really oh. respect kind of a lot of her perspective um, on the plant medicine world. She's an ayahuasquera and does all that a world that I will never get into. It is so intense and there's so much training and reverence and like I have so much respect for what they do but ooh wee there's a lot and she wrote a book called um plant medicine mystery school and that was where I learned about marijuana um in that way as a plant medicine and I was like interesting because she had an experience when she was doing a dieta dieta is like you essentially go into the jungle and you work with a plant um say marijuana for example and you eat a very specific diet and then it's like a 10 day thing and you actually do multiple ayahuasca ceremonies with said plant in your system. So you literally get to know the texture and the characteristics of this plant. Um, and she says in her book, she said that she had an interaction with ganja as a plant and she showed her like this whole closet full of like cloaks and they were all like kind of like grayish in color and there was one at the very end of the hallway that was purple. And she was like, you know, like, what's that? And she's like, that's me. Like, that's my cloak. That is the cloak that is me in my natural state. And I never get to wear that one. Oh, Nobody wow. knows me that way. Uh. And so it was really interesting. I was like, wow, you know, like this plant that we have all these preconceived notions for actually is being programmed by our subconscious, by what we're being told. And giving us that experience because of the intelligence of that plant, intelligence of that plant, or consciousness, or whatever you want yeah. to call it, when you're in those spaces. So, so what did she find that the plant was actually wanting to? <laughs> yeah. Apparently, she's really nurturing and really gentle, and you know, she's good know. for learning lessons and things like that. And I'm like, wow, it's not a path that I've gone down, or had like, I'm a little bit, I've got a little PTSD, you know, I've been. <laughs> I've done my fair share of that unconscious use of plants yeah. in that way. And it'll take me a little bit before I come back to that. Um, but I'm curious, you know, I'm like, hmm, I, you know, yeah. the fact that there's a completely different personality there than what we would expect is it kind of blows it's, my mind a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's so true though. But even just like, even like a cacao ceremony, like most people have used cacao as in cocoa or chocolate, like little bits of it here and there but like when you do a ceremony and you put intention in respect alive when yeah. you drink it it feels yeah. like I the first ceremony I had that was like an actual like so I was um kind of like a what, what like two two or three months we did like a cow every morning um from Kelly's shop that one that she has Coco Leica um yeah. and we did the mushroom elixir one mm -hmm with like the lion's mane and stuff and yeah. um it like was really good it was really heart opening I felt like it yeah. for me it was very heart opening and I know some people I've heard have kind of like 
a not a great experience sometimes like they feel like it's heart opening and like not so great way where I felt like it cracked me open to be ooey gooey where yeah. other people felt like it cracked open their wounds and um mm. I've heard yeah and but when we did the cacao ceremony at, at the studio um that was the first one I you know went to and it was with Lucas and then I felt like the cacao was like alive. Like as I'm like swallowing it, I'm like yeah. the warm slithery sensation going down your throat and then like through your chest and then like in your belly. And like, yeah. it felt like it was like alive. Yeah. And I'm like, and it, this is just like, I mean, in layman's terms, like hot chocolate. I mean, it's yeah. it's like the best source of it, right? Like, yeah. and it's, it's the, the best, plant and it's not as um what's the word I'm looking for like that's not like processed yeah it was like dumped down yeah, yeah I was yeah. thinking dumped down but yeah not <laughs> as processed yeah I'm like that's not good for that. yeah. um but it's just that plant is a really beautiful plant too and like I recently haven't been doing cacao but I will probably pick it back up this winter yeah. um because I developed like not distaste, but like uh, um, bitterness when I drank it, even if I did put a sweetener in it. And I was like, all right, I think it's just time. I think I've had my fair share. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe you can speak on that a little bit. Like what, what that does, just having the reverence and respect towards whatever you're using. Because that's a huge part of what you do as a shaman is connecting with whatever it is. For sure. Yeah, I mean... Um the reverence and respect is obviously a huge thing. And obviously we've lost that with what we were just talking about in the marijuana industry with um, the Westernization of it and the way that we use it. But um, it's funny that you say that about the cacao because I actually, there are times, not when using cacao because I struggle, I'm really grounded. And so when I use medicines like that, I almost like get really sleepy because mm -hmm. it like makes me feel like so safe that I'm like, I want to go to bed. And so mm -hmm. like grounded and all of that, like that grounding energy makes me really tired. Um, and, but I have experienced that when my heart is opening in any capacity, whether it's, um, it could be good, bad, and different. It presents as the same way anxiety would in my body. Mm -hmm. Like there's this tightness in my chest and shortness of breath that happens. And I have had to rework my complete relationship with what anxiety is because I did have anxiety and depression when I was doing all the athletics and I was in coaching um, and it was really severe. And so now to have that same sensation and it'd be, oh no, I'm expanding. Like my heart is opening and that's actually a good thing. And just being able to like breathe through that and recreate that relationship with that sensation um, has been really interesting. So it's cool that you get that feeling, but that's, I mean, immediately when you said that, that was the first thing I thought of. I was like, wow, I wonder if as their people's hearts open, if that gives them that anxiety, like that not, not good feeling um, mm -hmm. is what we kind of click yeah. with something else, you know? Yeah. Like you're not the, uh, not that you assumed you were the only one, but maybe other people are really feeling the exact same thing. And they're like, yeah. and they're taking it as like more of a trauma and it's not really yeah. that. Cause they're like, yeah. well, it's gotta be a trauma. I'm getting shortness of breath. My chest <laughs> is getting tight. Like <laughs> what the hell am I allergic to this shit? Like what is going on? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I, I think that's a huge thing with cacao. Cause 
um, when we first started doing cacao, we really didn't know much about it. We just kind of just started doing it. I don't but, know why. Like but... when we started, it was because there's like 700 minerals and nutrients in cacao. Oh, yes, it was and more we nutrition. Were, we were like, oh, that'd be way better than coffee. Junkies, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was all nutrition. We knew no side effects that are good or bad. We just yeah. knew it was great for our body. Um, yeah. And so, but yeah, my experience with cacao was really good. It was just until my tongue started getting like this weird bitter taste that I hadn't tasted before. And I thought it was even like cacao, like our cacao was going bad and it wasn't. And mm. so, um, and I switched over to like, even like a different cacao blend and I was still kind of like, I'm still not feeling it. Like I'm still yeah. not feeling it. Um, but yeah, when I was drinking cacao, I felt like it was a really great heart opener for me, but I also, did, yeah, talking to other people, it's totally different. And I didn't know the plant could roll like that. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that's why, Sorry, Trenton, I'm not, I haven't answered your question yet, but I, I have, I do remember. I don't even remember what it was. If I mean, I, <laughs> you were talking about good. how to use plants with reverence and how that really oh, changes the experience. I was just going to say it's, it's really interesting that like, that's why I think we were made to believe plants um, are what they are, or we've been you know, going into something blind and having your own experience is probably one of the best ways to do it because yeah. it doesn't allow you to have that conditioning. I really like information. I'm an information gatherer. I prefer to do that. It, it helps me with um, my safety, that feeling of safety in those spaces. But yeah. I feel like it's so interesting to look at just entering a space like that and being able to have that reverence that we were talking about that you had kind of briefly touched on there and knowing that these plants are programmable <laughs> i mean down to where they're grown who's growing them um what kind of environment it is um what environment you're taking them in set and setting and we were just made to believe that they you know, they were, they're supposed to, supposed to make you feel a certain way. And I think that that's why, especially with, with the mushrooms, like there's been such a, a push back from the government on the use of them. Um, yeah. Obviously that's starting to loosen a little bit now, but um, I mean, they stopped research on mushroom psilocybin for 10 years, like yeah. completely stopped it. They weren't even doing like lab research, nothing which I've never heard of anything like that. I mean, we're America. We want to know all the answers. We have to do all the things. We have to be the best. Yeah. We have to be the front runner and all this information. And we just stopped completely. Yeah. And it's because of that unpredictability that you're talking about. Every single person is going to have a different experience based on who they are, where they're from, what kind of trauma they have, their genetics. You could go down the list to like on a cellular level, how different we are as humans. Yeah. Um, and we're all going to have our own experience because it's all going to be wrapped into that. And mm -hmm. so the unpredictability makes it, I mean, how do you really do research on something where yeah. we all could take any sort of plant medicine right now and we would all have a different experience? Like um, yeah. with the hape, right? You, we had that, even that, the differences in experiences of everyone in the ceremony. And I know you had expressed to me after being served you had experienced this wave of joy yeah, wash over you yeah it, was, yeah it was almost euphoric yeah yeah for like 15 and, seconds yeah right and i'm like 
wow, I'm so, that's amazing. I'm so happy for you, you know, because I had just come up from a place where I had been doing the Hape in Peru so often that I was like, I just need a break right now. Similarly to you, where you were like, I need a break from cacao right now. Mm -hmm. And so many people in America are dissociated and are numb that they can't hear those cues that their body is giving them like, ooh, you know, like this is starting to taste different or I'm starting to feel differently when I'm using this. Um, even something as simple as microdosing, right? Like there's, there's a certain time where your body's like, I need a break, you know, like we're not meant to do things for years and years and years without break, without end, scratching and clawing to improve ourselves or do all these things. Like we're meant to cycle through different things and we're meant to listen to our bodies. I mean, you guys know that better than anybody, how important your actual human body is. And it will tell you, it will totally lead the way. Yeah. It's the same thing with exercise. Like you shared on Instagram the other day about like that mindset of being a workhorse and your body is the same way. Like you can, you can do all the hard work every single day, but at a certain point, you're going to hurt yourself more than you're going to improve. And then you've just become that workhorse that's like beating yourself up every single day and not really excelling you're not really getting yeah you're just kind of like and you know I when you take that environment because that's what you're used to like and you're used to climbing whatever ladder that way and it worked those tools worked for that and you take those tools into spirituality well spirituality doesn't kind of work like that so it teaches you <laughs> to like hey I can't because you get so frustrated you're like no I because you saw that same mindset you're like no I want to get through this now I'm gonna I want to get this done I'll sit here all day and meditate if that means this is done like you know what I mean like that's okay. what you, that's what your mindset is because that's how we kind of been conditioned especially yeah. with athleticism um mm-hmm. a lot of times like you're like no I'm gonna get my workout you know like the old school way of thinking about it. And, um, but if you take that same and apply it to um, plant medicine or a spirituality, spiritual journey or awakening, you're going to, you're going to do a lot of harm. And so that's when I learned more about adding in the feminine side of that and like letting it ease. And, and I'm still learning that because I you still get so hard and you're like, yeah. I just want this bullshit to, I just want to get through it. Like, yeah. I'm just, <laughs> like, can I please um, make it go faster? <laughs> yeah. Can we speed it up? And then, and then if it does speed up, you're like, holy hell, that was too fast. Too fast. I'm just too kidding. Fast. Just kidding. Right. Can we go back yeah. to the slow? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought I was ready. Yeah. I wasn't ready. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I go through cycles of that. Every, I feel like it's all cyclical because I'm like, things get crazy. Like right now I'm in a period where everything is moving so fast and I'm like barely sleeping and I'm getting all these dreams and these visions and all these messages all the time. And I'm barely sleeping. And then I'm like, I get to a point where I get so tired where I'm like, this is going to be like this all the time. And then the universe just like cuts me off. And then I just have to like do nothing for three weeks. And I'm like, well, that's not what I meant. Like, so like 70 yeah. mile an hour stop sign, 70 mile an hour stop sign. <laughs> Literally. I will message some of my mentors and be like, I feel like I'm strapped to the outside of a rocket ship currently. Like 
no, I'm not in the cockpit. There's no oxygen around me. And I am flying through outer space and I have no idea what's going on. We're like, yeah, it sounds about right. And I'm like, okay, we're just in a <laughs> vortex. It's fine. You're like, I'm not sure where I'm at right now, but I hope it's great. <laughs> right? Like, I'm not sure why it's so hard for me to type a text message right now, but we're just going to not. And I'm sorry. And I'll get back to you when I can. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's funny that, like, like you mentioned on like the feminine and the masculine, because Sarah and I have been talking about that quite a bit lately. And it's just, it's really funny, like, because I don't think that most people really understand, like, what either of those things really that they're, are. To disassociate right. them from gender, because even when I yeah. first, like, right. started hearing masculine and feminine, um, I straight up associated it with gender, like that. Yeah. I mean, that's what we do, right? That's what we're told to do. Um, and I did for a really, really long time. And, and so much so that I tried, like, changing my own personality, you know, like, to fit whatever I thought was gonna, you know, make me feel good and powerful. And then like, you start to realize that masculine feminism, for one, they're in all of us. And um, for two, they have nothing to do with gender. (laughs) Yeah, big time. Because my masculine was in charge. (laughs) And I am very much not a man, but my masculine was in charge and not in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) for a very very long time and it was so interesting because I've watched my sister go on this journey right she started this this whole path before I did and she's actually you know a big reason I started doing a lot of the breath work and the hypnotherapy and all the things that I've done um I had no idea what I was doing but I was like well I have to try to be able to relate to my sister somehow and she doesn't play basketball anymore. So like, I have to figure out like what our relation, what our new relationship is now. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying all these things, like trying to be able to relate to her. And that was kind of what started the whole thing. So then watching her journey, my, me and my sister are the same, but we are also very different. <laughs> <laughs> and you two have met met both of us now and the more we spend time together the more you'll see you guys are gonna be like whoa like this is crazy <laughs> it still blows my mind but I was then same thing that you were doing was forcing myself into a feminine expression that looked like hers when in actuality I got lost in my feminine for about six months before I realized I was like holy shit like I'm in my feminine right now it just doesn't look like anybody else's that I've ever seen because it's got a little bit of twinge of masculine twinge of athlete this and that like all these little shaker bottles of these things that are me that I didn't realize that what my feminine expression actually looked like and so it was just it was such an interesting experience because then I was like holy shit I'm in my feminine like oh my god I need some structure like (laughs) send help like how did this happen for so long before I even (laughs) realized you know like someone who's as regimented as I was to just fall into like no schedule sleeping no alarm no nothing like sleeping all the time and I was like whoa this is crazy (laughs) and what Trent and I were talking about the other day was just like just the masculine in general and how as women being in our feminine is the most nurturing because we're able to be in this powerful space because the masculine men and women are different we have different strengths but being able to have a masculine that is healthy 
um, and holding that space for a woman to relax. That's something me and my friends have been talking about a lot lately is like, I'm single and I'm not have zero interest in dating. And I just like, I just want a man who can meet me that makes me feel safe so I can relax. So I, I don't have to be hustling and worrying and wondering all the time. So I can just like, <sighs> but yeah. it takes a lot of work to get there. And it's crazy because immediately you're right. We think masculine energy, feminine energy, man, woman. No, mm -hmm. we all have both. And for men, <laughs> it's really hard because for them to heal their masculine, they have to understand their feminine. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of men, that is really scary because of the judgments that have been placed within society and they don't want to be seen as gay or this or feminine in any way because they, especially as a straight man, that's not how they want to be seen. And yeah. there's a fear there of understanding their feminine because of their programming. And yeah. I mean, you can speak more to this than anybody, Trenton. Like there's a, right, right. you have to like get to know your feminine within yeah. yourself in order to be able to understand it and then be able to work with it in a way that makes women feel safe. Like they can relax around you. I'm in total agreement to that. And <clears throat> sorry, Kate and I talk about that all the time because like, yeah, it's like a huge topic yeah, right now. Honestly, like with yeah. us and uh, ever, a lot of people were meeting, like it's a topic that's coming yeah. up. Like it's, it's really popular right now. And I think um, it's like, my opinion is because like those energies have been hijacked. And I think that if we are in a balanced place inside of each individual, that we're in our most powerful position. If, if you can embrace your, yin and yang or your dark and light or your heaven and hell or however the fuck you want to describe it your masculine yeah. feminine, like your, your <laughs> earth your heaven, you know whatever like yeah if you can find your balance where you really and that balance will change day to day even but if you once you realize like you know these attributes of you know if, if for like for caitlin like my want and will to create and to nurture the things that I create, like for Caitlin, that's huge for her and her feminine is like really wanting to create and to grow and like manifest things, whether it's a life, like she's pregnant, you know, or if it's, um, you know, a business or a program or whatever. Like there's really, things. Yeah. Like that's a, and I didn't realize that was such a feminine trait um, to do that. I didn't, because, right. I don't know, I guess I just didn't know. And so I was like, I, I love creating, you know, you love, uh, man. I love manifesting. I love doing these things. But if I feel the closed inness and like the pressure on one of those things, I will like explode. I'm like, no, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. like, so that's where you kind of need that other half or, or like, if you ever hear of it, um, a couple, they or somebody that works really good together as business partners. One's usually the dreamer and like comes up with all the ideas, and then that person comes in the opposite and kind of takes those ideas and puts them into play, and plugs them in, and then that it just kind of like works like. That. And that's just the balance, yeah. like what um, Kelly that we've talked about a few times yeah. now. Like she yeah. describes it as like the masculine is like the action. Mm -hmm. And then the feminines, like the creation and in order in this physical reality that we reside in, like you can't, you need both, 
and you together yeah and it's it's really like for a long time with like um Trenton's job schedule I had to really become very masculine personality uh to take care and hold everything down and I we were getting really out of balance for a long and we didn't know why we were out of balance we just thought it was the chaos of the world and everything <laughs> that was going on you know you blame it on everything and I was we came to this point where like he was feeling like di- disrespected all the time and kind of like and I was like well how like I'm holding everything down well I'm trying to be him and me and yeah. so that he's like well you're not letting me do anything like and so that made him feel unworthy and like weird and like like why is she trying to take my role like and that's like kind of the hustle bustle that's been created in our world today like I was working out of town most of the time doing what I thought I needed to do as the masculine you know just working nonstop and providing but then she had to embrace the same type of role at the house to protect and you know do all the other things since I was away and then that created a pretty good clash and you're still working yeah because I'm still I like you know you're still working I had like two small businesses at that time and the kids and everything so then I was I was I like kept being like well I like where are you like I need you here and you know like it was a weird thing because our energies were so weird you know naturally I'm very (laughs) <laughs> yeah, naturally, I'm yeah. very feminine, and I, I try to take on these masculine roles yeah. and let them have my personality traits, and that's when I get really vicious. <laughs> so, like, that's what I'm like. Ah, let's yeah. hold back. <laughs> that was my athlete. That was a killer. I'll tell you what. <laughs> was my masculine? He's aggressive. <laughs> You're like. Uh, she's not that nice like Like, don't do it don't do it you don't want to see it trust me you don't um but it's so interesting because I've worked with um not so much worked with right like I've been single for a long time and a lot of that has been by choice Mm -hmm. um but I I follow a lot of masculine things on my Instagram and really feminine things and the more I learn about it the more I understand too like even on this journey of being single, like why the men that I would interact with, they don't want to be with me. They don't want to chase me. They, you know, I'm really safe for them. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's that polarity that people talk about. And when you're in your masculine and he's in his masculine, you guys are running parallel paths and there's no attraction, no magnetism. Like the whole point is to be like a, you know, perpendicular with each other like this, that masculine and feminine. So then there's that magnetism, that opposition, that, that attraction there. And if you were running parallel, which I was with every man, because I was so in my masculine, I'm like, of course, they only see me as friends. Of course, they only want me to treat them like they're my child and I'm their mother, like, because we are (laughs) the same energy. Like there's no opposition there. There's no polarity. There's no magnetism. And I think that putting it that way for people, when you're talking about like magnetizing people and stuff, I'm like, whoa, it just blew my whole mind thinking about it that way. And so I've done a lot of research on that part of it, because as Trent and I have talked about, I have a really, I think I have a really good personality and there's a really large, and it's, it started as like a, oh, it would be cool to work with men kind of thing. And now it's like, it's like, 
in my face and it's like you need to do this you need to do this you need to do this I'm like okay like I get it and it's so interesting because I feel like within those spaces men need both things they need Mm -hmm. the masculine like and they need the feminine so it's like for me looking at where men are and empathizing with them so much their conditioning and everything that they've been taught and told and like I know that as a woman we don't have it easy and also like at least we get to cry when we're sad and people don't like slap us up upside the head and be like don't cry like why are you crying I couldn't even imagine the like level of suppression of those emotions that men have to deal with their whole lives and there's just so much empathy there for what they've gone through and always being a really nurturing motherly presence um I feel like men need that and they need it not from their partners yeah you know what I mean because that destroys the polarity as well like you can't like there's no magnetism like to you and your mom like yeah you love her to like the depths of your being but like you don't love her like that you know (laughs) (laughs) you know and so it's just like looking at those things and why it's important to have women who work in them spaces who can be that motherly nurturing thing that isn't romantic at all that removed that burden from their romantic partners and then they can just like go and flow and be together and then having that masculine presence like someone like Trenton who's like that primal like anger rage athlete like you know just like in that space of being able to like full permission scream like yeah you know like scream yell cry thrash burp whatever you need to do like just get it out (laughs) I feel like they hold it all in all the time you know I relate so much to what you're saying like I I wrote about it I mean I wrote a whole book about it so like I'm totally there I feel like I feel like women have been in recent years have overcome a lot of the ancestral traumas like there was a lot of baggage that you guys had to fix but like the space was opened up somehow from women working really hard to open that space it was opened up and you're able we're able to start working through a lot of that stuff so women now can i mean can scream and yell and be ultra aggressive when you feel the need to be and can cry hysterically and laugh hysterically when you need to but men are still at a point where you know if you love too fully it's frowned upon if you laugh hysterically is something that's very funny to you that's also frowned upon you're like boasting or being you know an obnoxious prick or toxic or whatever the fuck and if you (laughs) are aggressive and like over if you're overprotective or you use anger in a way that is masculine and like you're using anger as love constantly judged yeah you're constantly judged we can never do anything right ever I feel like and I'm like, I want the man to come up to me in the bar and ask me if I want a drink. And I'm like, girl, he ain't doing no. <laughs> you yeah, know, like, we, we, used, we probably used to do that all the time, but we, I mean, we were so wounded within ourselves. We really shut them down from being who they truly want to be. I gave me chills when you said that because it's oh. so true. I even, even when we were finding our more balanced and masculine and feminine, um, working together and owning a business together, uh, we didn't know how out of balance we were um, until 
you have to work together. And right. so like, then you realize <laughs> how out of balance you are. Um, but you gave me <laughs> when you said that because I realized, and I think Trenton did too on the other side, but since we're talking about men, like how I was suppressing Trenton, like in a certain ways, like if we go inside ourselves as women, and I'm sure a lot of women now listen to this podcast, like if you take a moment and you think about like the male in your life that's closest to you, you know, like your husband or maybe your son, like um, what you're doing towards them, like and how you're suppressing them. Like, because for a minute, I kind of fell in this um, false reality of toxic masculinity and like that wasn't real, but propaganda. And yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I wanted to, I, I don't know. I guess I wanted to just be create such a safety for our little boy that I was like, okay, Trent, you can't, you can't be like that. Like, no, 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 no. Stop, 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 stop. You know? And then I realized, holy shit. No, like, no, that's, that's a part of their, you know, like, and so going into that, I realized how much I was trying to change, you know? And then I, like you said, you become unattracted a little bit because I think that happens to so many women. They change their spouse to what they think they need and want, or boyfriend, and what they think they need and want. And all of a sudden, they're like, ah, "It's just still not working. I still, yeah. I'm still not into it." They're like too like empathetic now. They're like right. too like. And meanwhile, they did everything you asked them to do. <laughs> I think it's and easy. Like, no, that's actually yeah. not what I wanted. Yeah, and that's like, not what I. And how many men tell that? Story? Yeah, so many men will be like, I did everything she asked, like to the T. And she still left me. And it's like, well, because she didn't know what she wanted, right. one, and she was pushing that on you. And she was attracted to you, who you were. That's why she ended up with you. So yeah. she just didn't know what she wanted and she was trying to change you. Right. But yeah. yeah. There's a lot that can be said on that. But I think I think that most men, most masculines, like you want a big part of what that is, is the want to protect and provide. And part of providing is providing where you're told your role is supposed to be within your tribe. And if you're told that your role, like the role you're playing is too much and it's aggressive and overbearing and it's overprotective or whatever, the media is constantly telling people that, you know, is bad are bad traits that that um, a lot of masculine people have like and you start to try to change that because you're like well fuck you know my my responsibility is to protect and provide for my family and if i if i'm not doing that properly then i should make some changes and so a lot of men will make those changes and obviously it's the like case said it's it's not right and once you find that out sometimes it's too late women get grossed yeah. out like I've heard that so many times that women get like specifically use that word, like grossed yeah. out, like, um, because that's not what we're looking for. That's not what we need. And men aren't looking for us to be brutes either. Like we were kind of brainwashed to be like, they yeah. aren't looking for feminism, you. like girl boss era. Yeah. Like, they're not oh, God. <laughs> like, here we go. <laughs> oh, we can talk about that in the Barbie movie and everything. We can go. I cannot stand that like if you're gonna succeed and be awesome why does it matter the gender you are like just be fucking awesome at what you're doing like I don't need a girl boss necklace or like 
anyways it was a way to create money but yeah it was um it went too far you know and it was that like oh it's all their fault and this toxic masculine these men don't know what they're doing and they can't even approach me and I'm like because you're also in your masculine and they don't want it they want a feminine they want you in your feminine like there's literally no attraction there there's no magnetism so like we made our own beds. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and these poor men are like, what are they doing? Right, they're <laughs> like, what is me? going on here? Like she says she wants a man, but she's acting like a straight man. Like I need a, you know, and when you say that, even when you say that because of the brainwashing that's happening, I feel like it's sexist to even say that because of the brainwashing yeah. and conditioning that has happened. And yeah. that's sad because that, like you said, there's nothing sexist about it it is straight like science like that is how it works that's how it happens and that's how you attract your spouse my friend said this the other day he was like it's so funny because we live in a world now where little boys are being told to stop being aggressive and stop playing so hard and then we're sending our little girls to self-defense classes and so we're like breeding the total opposites in in the energies instead of embracing that right you know because you could go so many different ways with that but that's the culture that that's we've it. created you're creating and, an imbalance and truly it's it's all all of it is our of our own making because all of this is happening and the reversal and the panic even in parents and whatever is happening because of what happened before us yes stay at home stay in the kitchen make me a yes. sandwich that whole thing was probably the correct way for masculine and feminine to exist and then that got taken too far and then people got turned off because they were like don't disrespect me and now we're trying to we're like swinging the other way and it's backwards as to what it should be but there is that swing that's happening and eventually it will I, I view it like a pendulum right like eventually it will swing backwards but what something you said to me Trenton the other day that really stuck with me and really resonated was I believe that you're right I feel like the women have done a lot of work and we've realized that um we made our own beds (laughs) and now we're fixing it and we're like okay this is not exactly what we want and we've done a lot of work with each other to heal a lot of wounds of like past lives and and all of that like sisterhood wounds and stuff like that but you said the women are at a point and I can feel that and the men we can't leave the men behind yeah because you said we need they yes the (laughs) men are getting left behind right now because we don't know how to communicate to them or we're scared to make them fearful of something to allow them the opportunity to rise with us because of the damage we've done. Like we thought we wanted this, but we didn't. And now we want this and I don't know. And so (laughs) it's like (laughs) this weird thing where it's like women get are getting it, they're understanding and they're not letting their men in, in a way that will actually call them forward into their healthy masculine. Yeah. And the way Trenton was like, we can't, we can't go the other way. Like we have to do it together. I was like, fuck, he's right. I, because I, I, I was in that. I'm like, we can do all this work and they're going to come eventually. They'll come eventually. I'm like, who's bringing them? Because we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just expected like, them to figure it out on their own. And I'm like, yeah, like well. 
Do they know we're going? Yeah. Do they? <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> do they? Like, we're no one's in it. It's like the girls' club treehouse, and the boys don't even know we have a treehouse. So they're Correct. like, what are you even doing? <laughs> What's happening up there in the treehouse? Yeah. Like, don't worry about it, honey. Because we made it into this wonderful, like, yeah, we've created these sister wounds and it's like women's only sister circles and this and that. And it's like this really sacred, special place for us. And I agree. The men don't have that. Yeah. And it's, okay. It is really hard. Yeah. Just like we were talking. I love that. I, I embrace it and I love it so much. The fact that women have been able to do that. I really, truly love that. And I love watching it. And I've loved watching Caitlin bloom as she's been able to embrace uh, safe spaces where she's comfortable and able to look deep inside and to, to let her her body and her energy center and just align. And feel and melt away from me. Yeah. Like that I don't need to hold on to. Like this. But there's not the space for men no. to do it. And like we talked before, like I feel like like when I used to go to these like enlightenment courses and awakening classes and these things with Caitlin, I'd be the only dude like, yeah, every time. And like, which was fine, but like so many of the conversations, like they wouldn't, there was no masculine side to it. It was all feminine all the time. And that was it. And I, there are some men's circles in the area but even just that term itself will turn people yeah off. they're like and, men's circle <laughs> but i think yeah. it's because so many of them were started um in a very feminine way and like you said yeah. earlier like as a man like you do have to learn how to embrace all sides of yes. you you have to learn how to feel your emotions to the height and the low and and feel it yeah. on all of its edges instead of letting them be boxed in and so it's important to feel that it's important to meditate, do some breath work. And for me, it was always a punching bag. If I could get fucking wild on a punching bag for a while, I would bring myself to tears, um, just yeah. working through my own shadow and my own demons and stuff like that. And I think a lot of men can relate to that, but I have always felt like there needs to be more of both in like uh, yeah. a men's circle, the, the masculine and the feminine. And like you mentioned earlier, like, having the ability to like just fucking go wild express for express themselves yeah. like men can't express themselves they're constantly restricted like they're oh no matter what they do like like they're either told to go work some crazy ass blue collar job and they have no spare time to even know themselves but they have all the money to buy luxury items that make them think they know themselves yeah. and you know, or, or it's the complete opposite where men are completely out of balance because they think that that's the right thing to do. And it's, it's not okay. And like you said, like, I do think women have like specifically right now, I, in my family, I like, I'm working through different things um, with masculine traumas because a lot of my ancestry went through domestic violence. Um that was huge on both sides, like going back, 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 you know, like, um, and fortunately my mom broke it, you know, and my, um, yeah. And so now, but I need to heal that. Right. Like not just for me, but everyone. And, right. <laughs> um, it, you know, but in that defense, cause like for a long time, I kind of held on to that because 
I never wanted that to be a part of my life in any way. So I carried this very masculine role so that I wouldn't have it a part of my life. Cause I thought, well, maybe that's why my grandmother, my great grandmother, my mom, right. you know, like had this. Right. And um, so I carried this very masculine approach, like right. don't fuck with me. Like, you know, like this kind of yeah. um, exterior, but like when I, Trent and I, when I exposed myself to him about it and why I did it and why I feared it and like, um, and I was able to actually listen to him the one time because I held on to it so, so tight. I didn't want his input on it. I was like, no, yeah. I'm damaged. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm damaged goods. Quit trying to take it away from me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but like when I finally <laughs> opened up to this, like, no, it's like, he was like, well, yeah, but your grandfather's like, they were great grandfathers and you know like they treated us grandkids and fantastic like i never had weirdness but like he was like those men were so wounded because they couldn't express themselves and so they became alcoholics they became women abusers they became and not that that's an excuse but they had no outlet to be men and they were told they couldn't they were told you work all day and you go to a bar and then you go home to your wife and she should have you dinner and then like, you know, and, and the amount of aggression that's probably was bodied, you know, in that circumstance, it made me have forgiveness and it which does. healed, you know, cause it I was does. like no longer looking at my, you know, family line as victims. I was looking at them as like, you know, yeah. hurting sides. Yeah. Hurting and, hard, hard. And and it's crazy because we use the marijuana and the alcohol to numb those things. And yeah. it, everything about this path has made, has created so much compassion for so many different types of people for me. And you're talking about, you know, maybe abuse right now, but even drug addicts, I'm like, they don't even know how to express their emotions. And the best thing that they can think to do is just be numb and not feel it. And that's the only way. And yeah. I'm like, you can feel that. I'm like, it's so easy to get lost here. It's so easy to stay here. It's so nice. And there's nothing to think about. And there's no pain. And there's no, I could just stay here all day. And I'm like, of course, people want to feel that way. Of course, they use these substances to escape, because we're not taught the proper skills and tools on how to not feel that way, and how to not get stuck and how to express those emotions healthily. So it's just, it's really sad and mm-hmm. it, it does bring a lot of compassion for me as well. Just thinking about the struggles that we've gone through. And I'm also really excited because now is a really, really wonderful time to be alive. And we are working through so much of this. And I do agree with Trenton when he says like, we can't leave the men behind. And this is no. a missing piece that we, as women, we've done a great job. And it's time to start bringing them with in a very, very big way and time to start actually being authentic and vulnerable about what we're going through and creating those spaces for them. And so it's just, I'm excited. It's a really good time, but that's why I told you, I told you, I'm like, it's been in my face, like the men, the men, the men. And I'm like, and I've gotten that advice from life coaches in the past. They're like, trust me, you don't want to get in a relationship and then try to heal this man you're with because that, again, then destroys that polarity. Like, I've, she's like, I've done it eight times. Like, <laughs> you don't want to do it. Like, they'll seem like your mom and like, they need to find their own coaches and they need to find their own way. 
and in order to create that and maintain that romantic polarity and magnetism but that doesn't mean that they you know it's just going to be really interesting to see how this this develops um moving forward and moving to Pittsburgh and like this new like passion I have like desire to work with men and like all this stuff so I'm excited to see what happens I think think it's gonna be a lot of fun I think think it will be be too and I think it's no accident right like for us to meet you that night at Kelly's Mm -hmm. place for um yeah that class on Monday and then like you guys doing the hafe and working together which is masculine spirit you know yeah let's like I know we're I think we're getting kind of close here but let's like let's talk briefly about that like the masculine and feminine of plants and why that matters and like we talk about cacao which I think most people have heard us say like they know is a feminine and the hape yeah. or tobacco is a masculine like yeah. how can you use plants in their specific energies to help you heal let's talk about yeah that. yeah um i would say that there's a different texture to them right like the cacao is very gentle and the hape is a little bit it's more aggressive like there's there's really no way you're going to receive hape and it's not going to be aggressive like (laughs) i'm sorry it just is what it is and so it's interesting that like meanwhile there are plants that will give you the same experience um so when i was in peru there was a plant called sananga that we used um, and it was, it's a very feminine energy and it's also, but it's also aggressive, like feminine energy things can be aggressive too. And it's actually eye drops um, made from a plant in the jungle. But when you put it in your eyes, it actually like burnt, you know, for, you know, good three to five seconds. Um, kind of like if you just get soap in your eye in the shower yeah. or something like that. Um, but it can have the same property like effects as working with Pape for a month. You can do either or depending on your experience. And so it's just been really interesting. And because of the relationship that I've had with my masculine and kind of getting to know that me and Hape, we fight sometimes. We sure do. And it's less me fighting and more him, you know, making it known that he's there. But (laughs) it's if you it's what you talked about with the cacao. Like if you sit and listen and feel, you can feel that they're alive. And every, the most profound experience I had with Hape, it was a masculine wound of, look at all these things I do for you that you don't even recognize. Mm. I'm always here and I never get the credit. Mm, that's something never, that the masculine needs. Is and you credit. never appreciate me. And yeah. I'm like, okay, heard, you know, like those those types of messages come through and it's something that, I'm personally struggling with, but it's the combination of me co-creating with that plant and Mm -hmm. it delivering that message to me of like, okay. And that's immediately like, I relate that to the masculine energy because it's exactly what you're saying, Trent. That's what the masculine is feeling. And so I get to use my my body and my cues and the way that I receive messages to learn about these energies and how they're struggling right now. And it's really, really profound. Um, And to be able to take that and be like, okay, that's what the men are feeling right now. At least that's what I'm receiving from this very masculine plant. How can we help? How can, what can I do now that I have this awareness to give that recognition, to understand the purpose of, of what's going on here? So um, 
it really is all about your experience personally with the plant and and what kind of experience you want like you can take you know a gram of mushrooms and have an experience and you can also take eight grams of mushrooms and have an experience like it really is just what you want and so if you want that intensity of the rapé cool let's do it um if you want something a little more chill let's do the sananga it's a little less intense you know, it'll decalcify your pineal gland. It'll help you with energy blockages. It helps with visual visuals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Whatever you want. If you, if you feel like you need grounding or a heart opening, let's work with the cacao. And really the only way to know those things is to deeply like work with those plants in reverence. And mm-hmm. then the people that you work with, like the, the shamans, right. That you would work with. know by talking to you like oh this person needs this and it might not even be a plant I might be like oh that person needs breath work yeah you know because the modality of breath work that I'm I'm getting certified in is is um, holotropic which actually mimics the effects of psychedelics so like someone who's nervous about psychedelics being illegal or not being ready to have that experience because they had bad experiences with weed like there's so many things that that layer on top of that and be like okay we can breathe instead right (laughs) or we can use the sound like the sound break with the vibration breaks up blockages and removes things and there are so many different ways um to work on yourself and right now plant medicine is all the rave and it's what everyone's talking about so people are really excited about but it really can be as simple as like okay we're gonna do patterned breathing for 45 minutes and then you're gonna release whatever comes out like the woman that i'm learning this from she um her business is called scream scream work and it's literally breath work and every sunday they have a they have an event called scream church and the people they go they breathe and they just yell and rage and thrash and whatever comes up like it's like full permission like do whatever you need to do move it and that's why i like also working with the sound it helps you move that energy and the combination of the two (laughs) it's just wild you know and so there's a lot of there's just so many options, even for people who don't feel comfortable using plant medicine or they had a bad experience. Like so many people I talk to are like, I don't like mushrooms. They, I had a bad trip once. And then you talk to them. And I'm like, okay, sounds good. Like, I don't believe that there's a such thing because either way you're going to learn a lesson, but what, you know, talk to me about it. And they're like, oh, well, I got these mushrooms from this guy. And it was like the last little crushed up remnants of a bag. And it was like black. And we were at this party in the basement and I'm like, and you're mad at the mushrooms. <laughs> like, of course you're going to have a bad experience when that is because they are so programmable and people, you know, yeah, it's just, it's something I'm really passionate about. People don't understand how programmable these plants are set and setting are everything, how, where they're grown, who grows them what they're grown with, where you're doing all, like everything plays into kind of that whole experience. And people will just be like, oh, well, I tried it one time and I don't like it. I'm like, well, then yeah. let's breathe instead. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. always somewhere to bring them back in. And that's why I'm always continuing to learn um, because it's so important for me as someone who identifies as a medicine woman to be able to meet people where they are. Mushrooms scare me. Okay, let's breathe. I don't, I can't meditate. Okay, let's try sound. 
because it literally changes your brain waves and drops you into a meditative state just by being in the room. Let's do that instead. That's okay. Where can, how can I meet you? How can I help you get where you're at? And I think one of the things that Trenton and I talked about was that like being that bridge of that vocabulary, like yeah men don't like the woo-woo they don't want to talk about the (laughs) sister circle and the this and the that and the spiritual enlightenment and all these vocabulary words that we've all become very comfortable with that we need to translate yeah (laughs) something that hits home a little bit more for them that makes sense that doesn't activate them that doesn't trigger them into being like i don't oh Menly men, they don't they don't sit in circles and talk about their feelings. Like, like <laughs> okay, well, we don't have to call it that. We can call it a rage workshop and you can punch a pillow if you want. Like as long as we're right. <laughs> together, I don't care. <laughs> like I just thought about this when you're talking about that. And like for whatever reason, this flashed my mind, like this movie scene. But you know, these aren't new ideas. Like, like they just were lost. Cause like men. Back in the day, there was even like a cigar room where men met in a home. Using a plant. Using tobacco. Almost ceremonially. And they had. That I didn't invent this. I didn't come up with it all on my own. Like, Like they had some sort of drinking, like whatever it was, you know, and they all sat there and talked, like whether it was about you know, business, work, life, their wife, their kids, like, I don't know what they talked about, but like, these are new concepts. It's just, they were taken from us. And I think as soon as men can wrap their heads around those movie scenes and be like, holy shit, that's right. Like the bar, that's what the bar kind of is. Like, but this is a healthy way of doing that where you're not going and drowning your sorrows with your dudes and going to pick a fight at some dude. And you know, like, cause that's what that is. Like the same thing, we're just creating a safe environment now. Like (laughs) go like smash that instead of like, you know, like go hit that with a hammer really hard. Yeah, it's something. It's just now we're creating an environment that is healthy for it instead of like, you know, killing your liver and causing harm to somebody else and yourself. Right. Aspect. Like, right. And I think as soon as you relate it in that way to dudes, they'll be like, oh, they got a point. Yeah. The the vocab is so big because, like, when I I worked in oil and gas, which is very masculine. It's very masculine. And I loved it. I was good at it. I loved the work. I loved getting covered in fucking oil and slinging. Yeah, talking shit, (laughs) fucking being an asshole. It was great. But at the end of the day, you were a team, you know, and that was the whole purpose. Like we were a crew, you know, we were a crew. And but the vocab, right? Like I started awakening spiritually. And so I was like, fuck, like my dudes, they need to be a part of this. Like, this feels good. It's really empowering. It's really real. And so I started trying to get, you know, people involved in words like yoga or meditation or breath work. They're like, ah, like you said, like, no, oh, what the fuck is that? That sounds like therapy. I'm not fucking good. Like, so I literally had to, which in for people who take the class at the studio, it's called mindful fitness. And it's what I came up with because people were seeing me change who I was. I was getting in far better shape. My attitude was better. I was fun to be around. Like everything changed um, from being like a dickhead who was kind of fat. Well, I was fat and like, you know, (laughs) things changed. I was 300 pounds and I, and I'm like five foot seven. So I was awful. I looked awful. 
but like they saw the transition and, and eventually <laughs> they were like the fuck were you what are you doing yeah, man what's what going on over there yeah and yeah. so i couldn't use the same vocab any little anymore right. so i'm like well you know here's the program and i'd write it out and i wouldn't use any specific words like downward dog or or like high plank or whatever or like yeah like it wouldn't be i couldn't use those words because then they would something you know they'd go oh fuck that's yoga or whatever yeah. and so i had to write programs that like we're doing qigong movements and i didn't even know yeah. that that's what they were at the time but like yeah couldn't call it that you right. know the, no. the vocab had to be like stretch your arms wide pull in around you and shove down the center and do that as a shoulder exercise a shoulder for yeah for three minutes working yeah. on our mobility over here yeah. <laughs> yes. mobility and yeah. dudes would come like i'd see them like months later and they'd be like man i feel amazing like that that morning routine is like top notch like i love that and i I'm love like, that mobility routine yeah i'm like i bet you do yeah i bet you do yeah. <laughs> But, but it's so, I feel like it's so much easier when you go from 300 pounds to losing all this weight. So like, then people are like, oh, what are you doing? Whereas like now, like we're in a place where they're just like little micro changes. And unless you know me or see me every day, you can't see a huge change, even though these massive shifts are happening inside of me. So it's like, it, it becomes a little bit trickier, get a little, yeah. it's a little bit harder to, to kind of go into that. But I think that the more we can model it as women, especially um, being open and vulnerable about what we're going through, even though it's hard and it's scary, I think the men are going to be curious enough. Just like I was with my sister. I was in my masculine then, and she was like, I did this breathwork thing. You should come with me, which is why all of my events are always co-ed, because the amount of men that or women that bring, they're like, can I bring my boyfriend? I'm like, sure, of course. Like, this is what bringing me yeah it was yeah. just same, similar like I was getting into a little bit more and um I would actually at the time years ago I was at a gym mm -hmm. and I styled similarly to the gym we own now and that's how I found group fitness um and so like I would take Trent into like cycle classes and like you know yoga and I'd be like Susie you gotta come try it you gotta come try it and I'm like it's blacked yeah. out no one's gonna see you you know like yeah. talking him into it and then eventually like I would always you know he'd always come and he got really comfortable with it but um yeah it's super important to keep it co-ed because women are going to be the gateway to the male <laughs> so right. if he has a, a woman in his life right. <laughs> even his mom sure. right like how many moms like would be like I my son would love this like he should come right. with his girlfriend like right. Well, then the sneaky part is I'm going to start working with basketball players and I'm going to be like, we're going to meditate and I'm going to bring my sound balls. And then they're going to be like, what is happening? And I'm going to be like, just lay down. Everything's fine. Oh, we're that's just going to so infiltrate wild. the athletes. And yeah. I'm like, envision on. every single free yeah. throw as a swish. Literally. Wasn't, wasn't there a study that, like, I remember reading Michael from Jordan. Some, yes. And, and like the Russian. Yeah. He used to sit in a cold shower before the game and visualize himself like in the game, like being successful, making every free throw, all that. And what is crazy is before I even knew that was a thing, I used to do that. I, now my shower wasn't cold. I, my shower is my sacred time. I will get <laughs> in an ice bath and I will do all of that. But like my shower is sacred. I'm a Pisces. I cleanse my aura with water. It's a thing. I don't want to be cold, not in that <laughs> setting. But I used to sit in the shower, especially on game day. And 
stuff would roll through my mind and I would be envision myself doing these things, playing mm-hmm. defense and doing all this stuff. And I had no idea that that's what I was doing until I saw the Michael Jordan thing. And I was like, hey, I used to do that. <laughs> really? Powerful. It is powerful. Yeah. That's so, and Tran and I talk about this all the time. Like we have been kind of conditioned to think these things are super woo-woo, but Anyone that is really successful in sports, business, I mean, you name it, if they're really successful in it, you bet your ass they've got a routine that they're either they're into astrology, they probably cold bathe, like even Kenny Chesney is huge into cold bathing, meditation, yoga, like he's huge into that. Um, you know, and he's a performer because people always ask him, how have you been a performer at such a high level for so long? And he's like, this is my secret. Like, you know, like. And so like, but now I think we're opening that door a little bit for people to realize if they want to be at a high level of a success rate, no matter what career they decide they want to be at that point in, it's going to take breath work. It's going to take journaling. It's going to take meditation. It's going to take, you know, exercise, eating right, maybe with plant medicine, maybe, you know, envisioning, manifesting, rewiring, working through traumas, like even Snoop Dogg talks about it. Like he talks about it all the time. He talks about manifestation and traumas. Ice Cube, he's another one that talks about it all the time. Um, It's real stuff. And it's not woo woo. They they made us think it was. And they, but like we talked earlier, like the the feminine have been like, fuck that. That's my right. I'm going for it. And I'm doing this. And they did. And it's working out fantastically. And the men are still like, like I get it all the time with the cold baths, you know, cause I, I ice plunge and people are like, uh, how do you do that? It's so cold. And like, well, you, like you said, well, you can try breath work and you can get to a pretty similar mental state. Wow. That seems pretty therapy. Like, I don't know. Like, Sana. like, well try something motherfucker. Like, it's yeah, your, yeah fuck. <laughs> like for me, yeah. it was hard to, to start meditating. So I was like, these people like Wim Hof, they're saying once you jump in the ice tub, you know, you can't, you have to meditate because you don't have a fuck choice. And it's yeah. true. Can't think about anything else. <laughs> yeah, like all of so the cool. excess noise in your head disappears when you're in the yeah. ice tub. Now you're thinking about how cold you are. But once you overcome how cold you are, now you can do whatever you want with your thoughts. The same thing yeah. that master meditators can do. And Correct. yeah, try and something. And that's when you get into like the, then you get to create your own reality. And like people don't understand how these things like, tumble into each other and that like literally creating your own reality is manifestation and like it's all this stuff and it all goes together so well and it's just yeah it's gonna be really interesting to see how all of this continues to play out and all of our roles in it and everything like the universe knows better than I ever will we'll just put it that <laughs> I know, way. and I, know. I surrender to that deeply because every time I try to think I know what's going on it's like uh, no sister Not yeah. that. I'm like okay sorry you're like, <laughs> that I know what's going on <laughs> you're like how are you so unpredictable all the time I thought I could predict this yeah definitely can't it's definitely really can't. true well I think we're we're probably like an hour and 20 ish from recording now so let's yeah. uh we, sh- we should start to wrap up when uh when will you be in the pittsburgh area what sometime time after day? labor day sometime after plan. yeah okay cool so we're we're definitely gonna we're gonna do some things we probably won't do a lot of advertising for it so if you're one of the people that know or if maybe you would be interested in pretty much anything we talked about here with reach sarah out. Yeah. yeah reach out reach out 
and they'll they'll be like they'll be special they'll be unique all the other words i can put on special and you can uh, always customize too if you're yeah. looking for a one-on-one you can customize reach out customize tell your needs and what you're going through if, it, if this really feels like resonating yeah i think we so I, I think i think everyone should reach out to a shaman at least once in their life and uh and you've listened to this whole podcast now for all listeners so if you feel aligned with sarah's energy then and if you listen this far you probably do so <laughs> but we'll have uh we'll, we'll have all her links and everything in the show notes um her instagram um and you can find her link tree on instagram too or you can reach out to her anyway um is that the best place for people to reach you is your instagram yeah absolutely and then i yeah i pretty much redirect from there depending on you know what kind of conversations and all that that goes but i've got all my systems in place and I love a good one-on-one, you know, I love feeling other people's energies. It's one of my gifts and being able to help and, and guide people. Um, I feel like the group setting is definitely more of a, hey, come get to know me, come be in my energy, come be in my space. Um, little introductions, they're powerful, they're wonderful. And, you know, the one-on-one stuff is, is for anyone who's looking to go a little deeper, anyone who's just on their path right now and looking for, looking for what comes next. Yeah, I, I would definitely urge anyone, like Kate was talking earlier, it's one thing to do it by yourself. Like, even if it's just cacao, doing a cacao every day by yourself, it's one thing. But to go into a ceremony with someone who feels your energy, feels the energy of the plant. And resonate. Yeah, it's changes. a completely different animal. Completely. Different Highly plants. recommend. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can attest to that, too, because I've done a lot of my own self-work. and But still, like, being in space, even as a, someone who is a medicine woman and a facilitator and I facilitate sound and breath work, like being in someone else's space, being held, even for me is so powerful. I always have my most powerful experiences when I'm, when I'm in a container with someone, whether it's life coaching or breath work or a sound bath that I go to, to just receive, because I do that too. <laughs> I don't just, I don't just give it out. I do have to receive too. <laughs> it's always way, way, way more powerful when I'm being guided by somebody um and who you choose to guide you is also also really important so yeah absolutely well do you have any any final like words of advice or wisdom to drop on the crowd before we end (laughs) no I don't I'm just really excited for the move I'm excited to be in everybody's energy and in the space and just kind of get out and about and start doing my thing and being yeah it's just going to be so cool. It's going to be really, really cool. So I'm excited. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. It's a really good conversation and very like-minded on the topics too. So it flowed really, really well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Don't forget to help your fellow health and fitness junkies support this show by sharing it with all your friends, liking the show, giving it that good old five-star rating. Of course, a follow as well here and on social media. Give us some likes. I don't know where you're listening to us from, but give us a like and a subscribe where you're at right there. You can leave some comments too if you feel like it. Also, feel free to reach out with any questions to myself, Trenton Sweet, or Caitlin, my co-host, or whoever was our guest in today's episode. 
which if you look in the show notes, you should be able to find information regarding contact information for whoever it was that we interviewed and spoke with in this episode today. So additionally, you can support the show by supporting any of our sponsors. We are sponsored by the studio, the books. We're also sponsored by the Old Road Farm, a local regenerative, beautiful farm. The practices, they, they can't be done a better way. And I really urge you to check out that farm. Reach out to Carice Tressel, who is the owner of that farm. She's also a naturopathic doctor. She's super intelligent, super loving. She really gives a fuck about you, about me about our children and about the land, also about the animals. So check her out. You can find her. I believe she was episode number three in the podcast or four. She was very early on in the beginning and we're likely to have her on again soon. So definitely check her out. Like I said, you can support us by supporting them as well. Uh, that being said, the Energy Fitness Podcast is sponsored by the book sales of Awakening the Tranquil Warrior and Rewilding the Modern man as well as your participation at energy fitness studio in washington pennsylvania if you would like to be on the show you know somebody else who could be on the show someone really cool that you think it'd be fun to hear us interview let us know thanks again for listening and don't forget to share the show with all your peeps